Well, let's go ahead and open our Bibles to 1 John chapter 2, and I want to continue sharing on the subject of the knowledge of good and evil. The knowledge of good and evil. We've seen that when God created Adam, Adam, He put him in a garden to keep it and to dress it, and that He was commanded, literally, to eat of every tree of the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then God said, In the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. When we try to discern good and evil, independent of God, it brings a death to whatever we're pursuing. That needs to sink in for a minute. Once we try to live and know good independent of God, be good independent of God, do good independent of God, it brings death to whatever we're touching. And that's what's happened in our culture. We have at large forsook God. We in the church, in many cases, I believe, have backslidden to bring out of my past a Pentecostal term that I grew up under of backsliding in the sense of we're not looking to God, we're not listening to God, we're not pursuing God. We're literally listening to men who know not God and let them define good. We're listening to men who do not have a relationship with God whatsoever, have rejected God to tell us what evil is. And it has brought death everywhere it's touched. We've seen the death of the institution of marriage. We've seen the death of the family. We've seen the death of sexual purity in our, in our children's lives, in our culture. And on and on I could go with this pursuit of the knowledge of good and evil independent of God. This is what Isaiah said, literally got Satan kicked out of heaven. In Isaiah 14, the devil said, Lucifer, before he became Satan, said, I will exalt my throne above the Most High. I will be like the Most High. Again, the devil did not get kicked out of heaven because he wanted to be the best pimp ever or a drug dealer. He didn't say, man, I'm going to be a serial killer and I'm going to be one of the best serial killers that the world has ever seen. He didn't say any of that. He said, I will be like God. And again, I struggled with this. What is so bad about wanting to be like God? How many of you know you cannot be like God without God? You cannot be like God independent of God. You cannot be good, do good, or no good independent of God. And so as the people of God, we have to value our relationship with the Lord and looking to Him to teach us what is good. God, what is good? Because you are the only one that is good. I'm not good independent of you. I can't know good independent of you. And I can't be good independent of you. So God, show me what is good. And God has to show me what is evil. And God has to show me and teach me to abhor. Romans chapter 12 says we're supposed to abhor that which is evil and cleave to that which is good. Well, you don't even see that in a lot of healthy churches where people abhor evil. They don't even know what evil is anymore, much less to abhor, abhor it and then cleave to that which is good. But I'm encouraged. I want to encourage you. There is an awakening that's taking place and God's people are arising. They're being woke up, not becoming a part of the woke 
movement, but they are getting woke up. That's bad English, but good preaching. Hallelujah. (laughs) And this is a day of enlightening. This is a day of a third great awakening because we're turning to God. And if God says the sky is blue, it's blue. If God says this is right, it's right. It may confuse me. I may not understand it. I may not even agree with it. But that doesn't change the reality. If God says something's good, it's good. If He says it's bad, it's bad. And I have to pursue Him now to get understanding of why is that good? How is that good? Why is that evil? How is that evil? Because if you don't know God today, everything's upside down in our culture. And so I'm not trying to be mean or or attack anyone that is struggling with anything in their life. I believe God's just using me in this hour to be a part of a great awakening of saints. We have to recognize this is wrong, love people that are wrong, but we have to repent of anything wrong in our lives. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. Thunderous applause. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, that that was a polite golf clap. I'll take it. (laughs) I want to know what good and evil is, so I better know God. And I better be close to God. And in these last days, great deception will take over many. And the church has to be enlightened in order to get caught up or not get caught up in all this deception that's in our culture. And so let me talk about the spirit of Antichrist. I ended with not getting to that because it's the spirit of Antichrist that we see or I see that's on the rise. The spirit of Antichrist has been here since the writings of Scripture, and I'll show you that. But we are seeing this spirit deceive the multitudes. We're seeing this spirit of Antichrist that's definitely drawing young people into great deception. So we need to understand what it is and how to discern it. 1 John 2, 18, little children, it is the last hour. Now, how many of you know if it was the last hour 2,000 years ago, we're down to minutes, maybe seconds. It is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. Notice that They knew there was this time coming where there would be this antichrist. But John is saying that there are many. Everybody say many. There are many antichrists that was in that hour. Now, if there were many antichrists then, why do we think there is not many antichrists now? There are many antichrists. And the church has been blinded at large and complacent and not engaged in true spiritual warfare because we haven't discerned. That's not just wrong. That's the spirit of Antichrist. And it will destroy people's soul. It'll destroy a culture. It's it's horrible. They went out. Now, here's how you know the spirit of Antichrist. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. 
Now, that needs clarification. You need to understand who are the us? What is the us? Because a lot of people get confused and this isn't very nice. It goes on in a lot of church culture. I've worked hard that it doesn't happen in our system, but someone will quit a church and just go off to another church and people will say things that are cruel and that are mean, like, well, they're of the Antichrist. They left us. They went out from among us as if we're the sum total of all wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Amen. That's not what this is talking about. People quitting churches or, or uh, not fellowshipping with a part of the body of Christ. Those things are not good, but that doesn't mean it's the spirit of Antichrist. The us he's talking about is the apostles. The apostles. They, they are not of us Peter, James, John, Paul, the apostles, and we're going to see as we keep reading, and the writings of the apostles. How do I know who is of the spirit of Antichrist? They will not hear what John has to say. They will not hear what Matthew has to say. They won't hear what Peter has to say. They won't hear especially what Paul has to say which is the manifestation. That's how we know they are not of Christ is by rejecting the apostles, the disciples that Christ sent to represent Him. See, people will say, well, I love Jesus and I've accepted Jesus, but they reject His apostles. That's the spirit of Antichrist. And so he goes on to say, but you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. I have not written to you because you don't know the truth, but because you know it and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. I wish I could find this old cassette tape. I taught it way back in the late 80s. And it was titled, Who is a Liar? And nobody picked it up. It was like, it must have been the worst title ever and not a good marketing tool because it was powerful. And I taught who's a liar, who's lying. And yet nobody picked that cassette tape up because I guess of the title and they were scared. Man, I don't want my name called out. Hallelujah. <laughs> Who is a liar? But he that denies... Jesus as the Christ, Jesus as the Messiah, Jesus as the source of making us righteous, Jesus as the source of making us good, Jesus as the source of saving us from our sins, Jesus as the source and the cross as the source of reconciliation with God. You cannot be reconciled with God independent of Jesus Christ and who he is and what he did for you. You have to be reconciled to God through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, who was God made flesh, God come in the flesh. Well, why do we think we can reconcile with one another independent of the cross? There's a movement afoot to bring reconciliation between the races and they don't preach reconciliation. They don't preach the cross. They don't preach the blood. They don't preach restoration. They preach violence and destruction and hate. And yet many in the church don't realize that's the spirit of Antichrist. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. 
Verse 23, whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either, and he who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Go down to verse 26 for the sake of time. These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. These things have I written unto you concerning those who try to deceive you. This amazes me. He's saying, if you don't want to be deceived, you have to receive God's Word and what's written in regards to deception. Well, I know this isn't exciting. I appreciate you coming back. There's a lot of things I'd like to minister on. I can fire you up and stir you up and all that kind of thing. But there's nothing more important than to teaching our children today how to know good and evil. And John, look at it again. These things have I written to you. That's the Word of God. These things have I written to you. The Word of God concerning those who try to deceive you. I don't believe except unless God gives me literally permission to call a name. I try not to call names. None of the problems I have with anything in our culture has anything to do with an individual or a person. I love people, even people totally messed up. I love them. I want to help them. I want to reach them. But if we don't teach our children to discern those who try to deceive them, they will be deceived. And yet our children are believing the philosophies of men that the Bible, Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, warns us to spoil us. They know more what politicians say than what Jesus has said. They know more what professors have said who deny Jesus, who deny the faith. But they sound so good that our young people are being deceived because they don't discern the spirit of Antichrist. And there are many Antichrists in our culture. See, a lot of times when we talk about Antichrist, we just talk about the church and the podium and pastors and preachers. And, you know, like when we say false prophets, we just think church and the pulpit. No, there are many false prophets that Jesus warned us of to not be deceived by, and they've never darkened a church. But they are holy, and they're righteous, and they're right, and everybody else is wrong. And they, they promote it, and they're evil in the name of good, and they're false prophets. And so we don't even discern them. He goes on to say, But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you, concerning all things and is true and is not a lie. And just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. That gets confusing. I taught that one time and a guy hit me up afterwards and said, the Bible says I don't have need that anyone teach me. Why are you standing up there trying to teach me? (laughs) How many of you know God anoints men and women to teach, but it's the Holy Spirit that is the great teacher that's opening your eyes. No man, no woman can open your eyes. We can't teach you spiritual things, but we can bear witness to the truth and the things that are written, and the Holy Spirit from within can teach you what is true and what is a lie. Hallelujah. 
That is so, so powerful. So God's word reveals those that deceive. We're not talking about calling people out by names. And we're not talking about being mean. We're not talking about attacking anybody. God's word will expose, though, to you those who deceive. The deceivers will always reject what the word of God says. I tell you, I wish I could give examples, but I love people and I don't want to uncover anybody. But I can't tell you how many people have looked me right in the eye and said, I know what the Bible says, but. I know God said that's wrong, but. Yeah. I know God says it's wrong, but it's my baby girl that's caught up in it. I know God says that's wrong, but these people are so nice. I remember when a guy got mad at me and I was dealing with a specific issue. And he says, I've got some friends that are involved in that specific issue and they are the nicest people you'll ever meet. And I said, of course they are. And he went, well, what do you mean? Have you ever met a pedophile? You won't find a nicer person than a pedophile. How do you think they seduce little children? How do you think they gain access into a, 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 a young person's heart or mind? They're the sweetest people on the earth. The devil comes as an angel of light. How many times do I have to say it? How many times do we have to go to the scriptures before it finally sinks in that, wait a minute, if somebody's talking about something that's good and they've rejected God and they've rejected the Bible, if they're trying to tell us what love is, and they've rejected God who is love, they're a deceiver. I'm not being mean. I'm telling you, don't let them deceive your children. Well, this is love. No, it's an abomination. No, you don't understand. We love each other. No, you don't understand. You're deceived and don't know what love is because God is love, and he that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. You can't love and know love without God and a knowledge of God. Once you reject God, what you call love is a perversion. I'm not saying you don't have emotions. I'm not saying it doesn't feel real. It's like this problem with same-sex attraction. I'm, I'm, I don't know of another preacher that says what I'm saying. I don't have any problem with you having same-sex attraction. I have opposite-sex attraction. Nobody's praying for me. There's nobody marching in the streets for me. What do you think adultery is? If I don't control opposite sex attraction, I may wind up in an affair and destroy my marriage. It's not that it's not real and that I don't have an attraction to somebody. It's that it's wrong. Nobody ever slept with his neighbor's wife and hated it. Think about it. There's an attraction. There's flesh. There's demonic powers manipulating your emotions. Amen. And so if you don't know that, you'll be deceived. And the spirit of Antichrist is an opponent of Christ. He's an opponent. He's a counterfeit. 
He's a false Messiah. He's not a false devil. He's a false Messiah. He comes and says, I can make you happy. I can bring you security. It is the spirit of Antichrist that is destroying our careers right now. And the church, and I'm not condemning you, the church. Thank you for coming back. I'm saying the church at large, we don't even see the spirit of Antichrist destroying our careers where we can't work. And we don't discern it. And God wants to open our eyes so that we can oppose it properly. The Antichrist is a false god and deity. It is in the place of Jesus. It tries to be in the stead of Jesus. In other words, you've got Jesus telling you what's good, and you've got the Antichrist here telling you what's good, and this sounds good just like this sounds good. And you have to have discernment. And so we have to discipline ourselves. We have to develop. What we're doing right now is just so important. It's so valuable. And searching even the Scriptures together. Go to 1 John 4. 1 John 4. Verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God. I was... <laughs> I was teaching in a Bible school. There's about three of them I teach in. And I was teaching in this Bible school and I kind of stunned the students and said, did you know the Bible commands you in some cases to unbelieve? Yeah. To not believe? Yeah. Of course, that got everybody's attention, kind of like it just did right here. <laughs> I just read it to you, so you shouldn't have been blindsided by that. But if I'd have said that before I read it, that the Bible commands you not to believe some things. You wouldn't, have, you wouldn't have responded. Look at it again. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God. We have to test. Is this God or is this Antichrist a false God? Whether they're of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Out into the what? They're not just in the church. They are in the church. We have, to, we have to protect the church. But the church is the safest place right now, at least our church. And the churches I'm involved with, this is the safest place you could be on the entire planet. Not because of just me, though I'm awesome. <laughs> I'm kidding. But the leadership, it's what elders are for. It's why we have the young and the elderly worshiping together. Young people, listen to me. Older people know things you can't know. They have experiences you haven't had and wisdom that you need. And older people, listen, they got energy we used to have. <laughs> Younger people, listen to me. The old people got all the money. Be nice. <laughs> part of good 
Part of good church culture, listen to me, this is huge. You just don't hear it anywhere. It, it breaks my heart. This, and even I don't say it enough. Part of good church culture is to protect you from antichrist. To build a safe place that no matter what sin you may be in, no matter what stronghold may have a hold of you, no matter what weakness you have in your flesh and you're just struggling and failing and falling, you need a safe place where you can still be loved and encouraged and picked back up and not condemned for falling down and kicked while you're down, but not condone what's holding you back. Good church culture. I really believe we're going to see an explosion in our churches in the next few years. I believe people are going to wake up and they're going to realize I need God and I need to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. There's a reason we're doing this. We're not just trying to take up space and time. We know your time is your most valuable commodity you have on this planet. So this is valuable time. Many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. All these people and all these movements, if you talk to the leaders, they don't believe Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. They will not confess that Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. They believe their movement is the hope of the world. They will not confess that Jesus Christ is the Savior of mankind, the Savior of white people, the Savior of black people, the Savior of old people, young people, poor people, rich people, beautiful people, and thank God, ugly people. Amen. Just wanted all of you to feel included. <laughs> Don't let that offend you. No, they believe their movement is salvation. You ask them, do you know what Jesus said about that issue? They can't tell you. You ask them if they're thankful to God for what they have. A sign of deceivers is unthankfulness. People who love Jesus are thankful. Amen. In everything we give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. I'm not saying things aren't wrong and things don't need addressed and things don't need fixed. In our culture, I'm saying they can't be fixed with the Antichrist. They can only be fixed with the Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. The Savior of the world. Unless we come to the cross, we will not be reconciled with God and we can't be reconciled with each other. It is impossible to reconcile with one another. You can't get men and women who don't know God to reconcile. You can't get men with men who don't know God to reconcile. There is no reconciliation outside of the cross. That's the very message we have out of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we're all called to is the ministry of reconciliation. And what is that message? To know that God was in Christ. God was in Christ reconciling the whole world unto himself. Hallelujah. And so unless we're bringing people to Jesus, the world's bringing them to the Antichrist. 
And we have to be diligent and faithful and loyal to Jesus in these last days. If there's one thing I'm guilty of, it's my loyalty to Jesus. It's my faithfulness to Jesus. I believe He's more than enough for anything I need in this life. I trust Him with every fiber of my being. And we need to be a church. We need to be a people. The body of Christ must arise and wake up and be loyal to Jesus. We don't need to be ashamed to say, Jesus said. The spirit of Antichrist cannot confess Jesus as Lord. This is how you know that spirit. And we should not be ashamed to confess Jesus as Lord at a school board meeting, at a city council meeting, at an election time. That Jesus has all power and authority and we're all going to give an account and nations are going to give an account to Jesus. And then in the day of judgment, there's going to be sheep nations before God and goat nations before God. And I'm here to tell you, with my last breath, I will do whatever I got to do in the name of the Holy Child Jesus to make sure America is a sheep nation that will stand before God. You should, you should feel that way deep in your soul. And I didn't just start to become political right there. We're either going to be a nation under God or we're going to be a nation without God. We're either going to be a nation under the true and the living God or a nation under a false God. There are no other options. Hallelujah. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now is already in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Everybody can quote that, but when are we going to believe it? God's goodness trumps the Antichrist goodness. God's righteousness by faith trumps the Antichrist righteousness by works. They are of the world. Now look at this. This will help you. This is huge. I'm teaching now. I'm on a roll. Are you ready? That, that teaching gift is kicking in here. Look at this. They are of the world. Antichrist. False prophets. They are of the world. Therefore they speak as of the world and the world hears them. They that are of the world under the spirit of Antichrist, the world hears them. You know how I know I'm not of Antichrist and I'm of Christ? I don't listen to them. I can't hear what they're saying. It doesn't make a bit of sense to me when that spirit speaks. Amen. I believe one of the reasons I'm walking in great wisdom is I listen to the world and just do the opposite. I used to be bound by dyslexia and I got healed and God has allowed just a residue of it enough to make me wise. Whatever the world says, it's the opposite. All you got to do is watch the six o'clock news and go, now I know the truth. Do you realize, do you, you don't. And some of you are going to get mad at me for this and I love you. And I mean this with all my heart in the right spirit. 
But the church watched for four straight years, every single night, without exception. Every night, 365 times four. Russian collusion, Russian collusion. Trump's illegitimate. The election's illegitimate. Now, some of you, let me teach you how to listen. Let me teach you how to hear. Get your mind off Trump for a minute. Get your mind off of me liking Trump for a minute. Get that out of your head for a minute. Just give me a minute. Every night, Russian collusion, illegitimate election. Do you realize all that's been proven false? Have you heard anybody repent? You won't. They lied on purpose. It's the spirit of Antichrist. And we didn't even recognize it. It's like... Amen. One of our locations, or a church I minister in, I won't say where because I don't want anybody to know who did it. But this lady made some Trump candle for your car. And it's got white hair on one side all the way over like this. It's awesome. And she gave it to me. I hung it in my truck, my beloved truck. And where y'all put me to stay, the roads are just... I tell you, these people coming up from Dallas spending all this money... I, I, I need to buy one of these cabins, and if I would just grade the roads, I could pay the cabin off. <laughs> but it's like all the roads. I know what we're doing. I know what you're doing. You want them to have that experience of really being in the wilderness. Because <laughs> it ruts everywhere, and you're, you bam, 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 bam. And that, that candle of Trump is just spinning. So I've been having Trump's head spinning for all this week, Hallelujah. <laughs> See, people are so carnal, they can't even hear what you just said. They're hung up on, I don't like Trump, or I don't like his tweets, or I don't like this, or how could you like Trump? I didn't, I didn't say I like him as a person. I'd much rather hang out with some of you. <laughs> and I just better move on. Hey, man, there's just... You're missing the whole thing. Then I come along and say, by the Spirit of God, this last election was fraudulent. There, if you got eyes to see, there was election fraud everywhere. And you get censored. But they could falsely accuse the President of the United States every single day, every single night with impunity. If you can't see, that's a spirit. We're not talking about Democrat-Republican. We're talking about a spirit here. There's a spirit and many Antichrists are out there and there are false prophets everywhere that are destroying our homes, destroying our cities, destroying our nation. And we have to get back to God and let God be true and every man a liar. They are of the world. Therefore, they speak as of the world and the world hears them. 
You'll know you're following God when you hear the world speak and you go, that's psychobabble. Because see, if you and I weren't born again and we didn't have the anointing in us and we didn't have the Holy Spirit in us, we would hear them. We would be just like them. That's why I'm not mean-spirited about this. I'm not condemning anybody. I would be just like them without the Spirit of God on the inside of me. That's why I'm trying to get the Spirit of God on the inside of them. It's the only, only way to save them. Look at verse 6. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. Okay, the world is of the spirit of Antichrist. They're being manipulated by demonic powers and darkness. So the world hears themselves. We are of God, therefore, those that are of God hear us, meaning John. Let me say it to you this way. Those of us who are of God hear God's word. And when we say we love God, we're talking about the true and the living God. We're talking about the God whose name is Jesus, who said, if you love me in John chapter 14, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments, keep my word, be doers of my word. So how can we justify churches that will not even let me speak in them? They don't want to hear the word of God. Amen. Because I'm not, I'm not here with a personal agenda. i got no axe to grind. I'm sharing the Word of God. Amen. That this is what God says about good. This is what God says about evil. And if you are of God, you hear God. And if you're not, you can get saved tonight. Amen. I doubt there's anybody lost here tonight. Amen. I mean, you've got to love God to come hear me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go to 2 John. It's one, one chapter. Did I finish that? We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not... Okay, I didn't finish it. We are of God. How many of you at least believe you're of God? Okay. Whoa, that's not all of you. I think I misspoke earlier. How many of you believe you're of God? You wouldn't believe it. About 10 people just got saved. This is good. People are getting saved right here while I'm speaking. All right, we believe we're of God. Well, how do we know? How do we know we're not deceived? Because the only thing that has concerned me in my whole Christian life, I've never told this publicly, is deception. Because I've seen people deceived. And the, the mystery of deception is you don't know you are. That's what makes it deception. You don't know you're wrong. You think you're right and you're dead wrong. That's why we need each other. It's why we need to be humble. It's why we need to fellowship and make sure we're hearing God and, and things are right. So how do I know I'm of God? I don't know about you, but I want to know that. This is so good. Verse six, we are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. How do I know the spirit of truth? It'll always be rooted in the Scriptures. It'll be rooted in the Word of God. It'll be clear Scripture. 
How do I know what's error, no matter how good it sounds, serpy it sounds, how it makes you feel good all of a sudden? If it's not in the scriptures or it violates the scriptures, it's error. Amen. Amen. And this is what we have to teach our children. Well, I wish I could give some testimonies there, but every parent, you may not know this, but every parent has experienced this. And that's that moment that your child went from knowing what the Bible says to knowing what it means. It's called understanding. It's called revelation. And all of my children, it was so cool teaching them the Word of God, but them, yet them struggling with their peers, struggling in school. I know the Bible says this, but what about this? And then there's that day that understanding comes. Illumination. And, and I don't want to uncover any of my kids, but one of my kids specifically, again, I, I want to be general here and, and, and not call her name. Uh-oh, I just cut it in half, didn't I? <laughs> but she had some friends that were really going off the cliff. And we all loved those friends. I loved those friends. Those friends had, had stayed in our home, ate, ate our food, ate my leftover food. I love these people. Because <laughs> I'd have leftovers, and her friends would come at night after ball games and just eat up all my food. So don't tell me I didn't love them. And so they're, they're falling off the cliff in some areas and, and we're having to discuss what the Word of God says about this. I know, but it's my friend. I know, but, and they're better than some of my other friends that go to church. You can set, the devil will, as the spirit of Antichrist, do nothing but show you how good people are without God. And then the day the light went off that, oh my gosh, it's not just moral or immoral. It's not just right or wrong. It is a path of destruction. And she's seen the death that's come. The pain, the misery created in families. Careers. Sin, sin, sin's bad. (laughs) I know that ain't a revelation to you, but... Sin is destructive. And God wants us out of it, not because He hates us, it's because He loves us and wants us to be productive, not destructive. Look at 2 John 1. 2 John 1, verse 5. And now I plead with you, lady. He's he's writing this to a, a believer, a Christian woman. Not as though I wrote a new commandment to you, but that which you have heard from the beginning, that we love one another, that we love one another, that we love one another. Wow. By this, Jesus said, all men will know you're my disciples when they see our love one for another. We have problems. We have sin. We have faults. We make mistakes. We... But we don't hate each other. We're not violent against each other. We're not going to burn each other's businesses down. Amen. Amen. We're going to build our businesses together. That you love one another. 
This is love. That you walk according to His commandments. Y'all didn't get that. You'd have shouted. Well, what's love? Well, well, love is, it's a, it's like a virus. <laughs> that you better stay six foot of a certain person or, 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 or something's going to come on you. There's going to be this angel, a naked baby. that's going to shoot this arrow. Boom, right into your heart. And you're just going to fall in love. And I deal with this with people all the time. Christians. Thinking they fell out of love with their wife and they fell in love with somebody else not knowing they fell into an ignorant flesh. And it's okay to have those every now and then. <laughs> trying to defend myself. I, I have ignorant flashes. It's like, have you ever done a piece of stupid and thought, was that really me? What am I doing? It happens to everybody. But what is love? How hard is that? Read it again with me. This is love that we walk according to his what? So if you're calling something love that violates the word of God, it's not love. And I'm not unlovely to bring it to your attention. Yeah, that would have been a good time for you to do a sincere from the heart clap because people actually hate the minister for telling them the truth in love. That you can't call that love. This is love. He doesn't mention feelings. He doesn't mention deception, perversions. This is love that you walk according to my commandments, that you follow the word of God. This is the commandment that as you've heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I am running out of time. I have got to get to Revelation. Friday by Friday night? I'll get there by Friday. I can promise that. We've got to look at first. I've got to challenge you. So, you, so this makes the point. There's not a better scripture that sums up everything I just said, and I'm just going to have to, I don't know what I'm going to do. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, look at verse 9. This is the commandments of God. This is the word of God. This is the apostles' writings. This is love. Amen. This is God's word. This comes from Christ, not the Antichrist. Do you not know I love it when scriptures start off like that. And as a pastor, I usually go, nope, they don't know. <laughs> the book of Corinthians starts off with, do you not know that one day you'll judge angels? And I guarantee you the answer is 90% of everybody that's born again on this planet does not know one day we will judge angels. Because we just haven't been in the word of God. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. 
Now, here's what's interesting. I'm going to read this list. And I want you to think about deception for a minute because he just warned you, don't be deceived. And I used to read this and go, why did he even put in there, do not be deceived? Why not just say, don't you know that the unrighteous are not going to inherit the kingdom of God and then give the list? But then he says, do not be deceived. That means a lot of people will be. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, or those that are abusive with their language and filled with hate speech, nor extortioners, those that cheat other people, will inherit the kingdom of God. Did everybody see that? Then what's controversial? Why is there such a falling out even in the church over this list? Man didn't write this list. Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote the list. And the list is not an exhaustive list. He just picked out a few things that, boy, you talk about people getting deceived. Here are the areas that people get deceived over. But you don't need to be deceived. Look at verse 11, and I love this. And such were some of you. And such were some of you. I fit this list before Christ. That's why anybody in this list, I love dearly and I'm extremely merciful to. Is I was a part of this list. If you're honest, that list should get everybody. Some of you, if we took a test, you'd win. You, you, you go, man, I got the whole list. I'm the winner. I get an A. And such were some of you. Listen, lots of good things here. First of all, these aren't just things people do. This is who we were in Adam. And because of our sin nature, this is just a short list of some of the things people without God do. And we now are no longer in Adam. We are now in Christ. That means, watch this. No matter what's in this list, you can be saved from it and changed. And yet there's a few things in this list that are corrupt forms of government because of our lack of being engaged and putting people of principle in office are trying to literally pass laws that certain people in this list, we can't talk them out of being in Adam and doom them to a devil's hell. That we can't counsel them. We can't tell them they're wrong. Do you know what spirit that is? <laughs> well, some of you just guessed. You don't know it yet, but you guessed right. That is the spirit of Antichrist. Don't tell me I'm not good. Don't tell me I'm not righteous. Amen. But such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of God. Aren't you glad you've been washed of this list and sanctified 
and made holy by faith. Now, that doesn't mean someone in Christ can't stumble into something in the list because of our flesh. It means this isn't who we are anymore. And we may have a weakness in our flesh and we may fail or fall, but that is not our new nature. That's not who we are. And we can overcome it by faith. There were things in this list that was a part of my life. And I'm ashamed of them. I'm embarrassed still to this day over them. I know I shouldn't be. But I am. Because I'm so far removed from it now. I'm so changed. I would never, I would never justify it in my own life and I would never teach our children it's okay. Amen. I don't know what's wrong with us. We should storm all of our schools and refuse to have anything in our library that is plain, flat-out pornography in the eyes of these kids. You would, you, would, you would come against me vehemently if I decided we're going to teach in elementary school fornication is okay, it's just natural. It's okay to sleep around. As a matter of fact, it's probably healthy if you'll sleep with about 25, at least 25 people before you get married. That'll help prepare you for marriage. You'd think I lost my mind. If I, if I taught idolatry, if I taught our little children and I had a curriculum and I taught them, make sure you bow down to graven images. Make sure you worship idols. That the way to have a happy life and a fulfilled life is to worship idols. Everybody would rise up and go, we're not teaching our children that. Adultery. Can you imagine teaching in elementary school? Adultery is healthy. It's the way to have a healthy marriage. That if you, if you can have multiple affairs, it'll, 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 it'll produce intimacy with your, your spouse. It's a hel- you'd think I was crazy. And you'd go, we're not teaching our kids. Adultery is good. Homosexuals. Why am I a bad guy? Why am I mean-spirited? Why am I? When I say, no, we're not going to teach gender fluid so that you can get confused in your gender and now your sexuality gets all goofed up and now you destroy your life because sexual sins will destroy you. Sodomites. Thieves. What would you think if we had a curriculum saying, now look, when you don't get your way, burn the businesses in the community down. Make sure you loot Walmart. That's where the best TVs are. (laughs) And looting is okay. Looting is okay if you're angry. Looting is okay if you've been wronged. Looting is... You see how simple this is? This is what's insulting to me. For years, I didn't talk about all this stuff. Somebody mentioned just recently, said, man, you are really dealing with issues like you've never dealt with them. I thought anybody that was born again understood all this. And I woke up one day and I thought, we're voting for people that want to destroy marriage, destroy our families, destroy our businesses, destroy our culture. Maybe we don't all know this. Maybe the spirit of Antichrist has deceived many in the church. And we're calling good, and it's evil. And now we're calling evil good. Man, this is powerful. I'm sorry that I didn't get to Revelation, but you just got to come back. 
Amen. Did anybody get something besides mad? Amen. I don't want to make you mad. I want to save your kids. I want to save these teenagers. The pressure these teenagers are under, saints, it's overwhelming. Where else are they going to hear about holiness in the right context? They're not going to hear about holiness in, on these school campuses, colleges. They're not going to hear it from the news media. They need to hear God's holiness is good. It's pure. It's for you, not against you. And you need to learn to discern. If God says something's wrong, it's wrong. Don't, don't worry about not understanding it. It's okay to be confused. It's okay to not understand it. It's okay to, to ask questions. I love to sit down with anybody and they ask me questions. I won't give you but a few seconds if all you're going to do is question every good thing God has said. Because those people don't want answers. They want, they want to create a fight. And I'm already fighting the good fight. It's the good fight of faith. And I'm winning in Jesus' name. Amen.